Welcome, guys, again to Centuries and Saints. This is Scott Matson. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. And uh, again, I want to ask you if you would be so kind to go and subscribe on iTunes to the podcast and leave us a good review. That would be very helpful. So again, thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. And so nice to be with you. Now, hey, we have been on our podcast here doing a series on the patristic age of the church. It's been really great. I really enjoy studying this section of church history. And a couple of times ago, and a couple of episodes ago, we began looking at the reasons for the persecution of the early church at the hands of the Roman Empire. And then last week we talked about Polycarp. All about Polycarp, that bishop of Smyrna there who was 86 years old, who was martyred in the Roman arena and just a real champion of the faith and a real champion of the early church and an example of faithfulness to Christ in the midst of persecution. And so what I want to do for this episode of our podcast is I want to look at another very famous man there in the early church named Tertullian. That's what you know him as, is Tertullian. Very famous, and we're going to look a little bit at him in this episode. So Tertullian, he was born in the year 160, and he died in the year 225, so lived about 65 years. And his birth name was actually quite complex. His birth name was Quintus Septimius Florens Tertullianus. So for short, of course, we have just taken to calling him Tertullian, very understandably. Now, he was a very smart man. Uh, he was a lawyer, an author, and also an apologist, meaning a sort of a defender of the Christian faith uh, from North Africa, from the ancient city of Carthage, to be exact. And Tertullian was a man who produced a very extensive amount of Christian literature in the Latin language, one of the early Latin fathers of the church. And so Tertullian is well known uh, for fighting vehemently against heresy, opposing heresy, opposing heretics. And for that, we thank him. And Tertullian has been called the father of Latin Christianity and the founder of Western theology. Uh, Tertullian actually helped coin the term Trinity, in Latin, and he helped to explain Trinitarian theology. And so while he was never canonized by the Catholic Church, uh, which means he was never made a saint, and the reason for that is because some of his later teachings in life contradicted teachings of the apostles, uh, but he was never made a saint by the Catholic Church, uh, but his especially earlier contributions to the church were very helpful, and we're very thankful for that. Now, again, Tertullian, he wrote on a wide variety of theological subjects. He wrote apologetics, uh, you know, and against paganism and Judaism. He wrote polemical arguments. He wrote about polity, which is church government, discipline, and morals. And he was all about the entire reorganization of the human life on the Christian worldview. So he wanted believers to have their entire life framed around Christ and around Christianity. That was his desire. <clears throat> and so he wrote about that and again, produced a lot of literature to that end. Now, Tertullian also was one who believed 
that the authority in the church rested with the bishops uh, who were in an unbroken line of apostolic succession. They were descended ecclesiastically from those to whom Jesus had delegated his authority, namely the 12 apostles. Now, in Tertullian's day, the Gnostics, they were an ancient sect of heretics. They were spreading uh, their false teaching that Jesus had entrusted special secret wisdom to a certain select group of people before he ascended, and thus their bishops, the Gnostic bishops, were the true authority of the church. And Tertullian and others like him vehemently opposed the Gnostics and their false claims and their false teachings. Now, for a bit of practicality, if you want to read something in Scripture that goes against the Gnostic heresies, you have the book of Colossians, written by the Apostle Paul, where he confronts this sort of early form of Gnosticism that was creeping into the church in Colossae, and likely into Laodicea as well, which was near Colossae, and also the book of 1 John, written by the Apostle John. Now, in 1 John, there's an interesting passage that says, whoever confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Whoever denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, but is Antichrist. Now, it's interesting because that seems strange to us. In our day, nobody, well, except for maybe a few sort of wacky exceptions, but really nobody in our day has any trouble believing that Jesus was here in the flesh. What people have difficulty with is believing that he is God. Now, it was kind of opposite in the early church in some ways. So, a lot of times what happened, especially with the Gnostics, is the Gnostics believed that matter the physical was evil. And they believed thus that Jesus could not have actually come in the flesh and had a physical body because that would have been sinful and evil. And so they believed he was only spiritual. Now the New Testament condemns that as a damnable heresy. And that was one of the heresies uh, against which the early church had to fight quite hard, quite stridently. And Tertullian was one who fought against the Gnostic heresy. Now, a couple other things here with Tertullian. During the first two centuries of the church especially, most Christians believed and were taught that baptism canceled all of that person's sins in life up to that point. Okay, so all the sins that you've committed up to the time that you're baptized are canceled out at baptism. Uh, That's what most Christians in the early church believed. However, there was also a dichotomy where there were three sins that were seen as being forgivable by God but not forgivable by the church. Those were sexual immorality, murder, and the denial of the faith or apostasy. And the penalty for these was exclusion from the church and exclusion from the table of the Lord's Supper. Now, most people believed that communion was a channel or a conduit of God's divine grace and thus being deprived of the Eucharist put one's salvation in jeopardy. Now, eventually, Callistus, who was the bishop of Rome, decided to readmit to the church those who were guilty of adultery. And this eventually led to the readmission to the church of those guilty of the other two, murder and apostasy. Now, Tertullian vehemently opposed this. Tertullian did not want these people readmitted to the church and to the Lord's table. He felt that they had disqualified themselves because of their sin. 
Now, also in Tertullian's time in the third century, there was a movement within the church to try and reconcile Greek philosophy with Christianity. Uh, Many people wanted the church to be able to bridge this gap to the culture, to the secular culture, and then others wanted more separation from the culture. Tertullian was one who was a fan of separation. He was very, very outspokenly opposed uh, to this desire to bring reconciliation uh, between, so to speak, the church and Greek philosophy. And Tertullian is very, very well known for having said the following thing, what do Athens and Jerusalem have in common? And then he went on to say, away with all attempts to produce a mottled Christianity of Stoic, Platonic, and dialectic composition. And then he said, we have no need of curiosity reaching beyond Christ Jesus. When we believe, we need nothing further than to believe. Search that you may believe, then stop. Now, while Tertullian's missiology to the culture may not have been what we'd find acceptable today, his dedication to the purity of the faith once for all delivered to the saints, as Jude wrote, is admirable. And so that's your look at Tertullian. Hey, thanks for joining me today. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast, write us a review, check out my website, scottwmatson.com. And until next time, this is Centuries and Saints. The ocean is your path.